You are now entering Film Club. I say, Nate, you're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of chew bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Film Co. My name is Phoenix Clouded, and we are back, finally, <laughs> after a long hiatus, uh, joined again by the greatest two co-hosts ever, of course, my man, Zach Sneep. Zach, how are you, sir? Well, <laughs> what a question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides uh, a cracked rib and right. uh, a little heartbroken for a bit, I'm I'm doing okay now. So I'm uh, I'm good. Back in the swing of things. Uh, to our listeners out there, I am single. So you know. <laughs> oh man, this this really is one. I think your first episode back after yeah, that it happened. Is, it is. Uh, yeah, it is my first episode back. Um. Yeah. So. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Lots of life stuff going on, but uh, still making it to the movies. Still, still getting out there. Still uh, having a good time. So that's what life's <laughs> about. All right. Well, awesome to have you back, of course, and joined again by the great Brandon. Brandon, sir, how are you? Man, I am doing good, Phoenix. Um, like Zach just said, I have a lot of life stuff going on too. I'm getting married here in a few weeks, so wedding planning has been a bitch but uh <laughs> it's overall been great um just got moved into my new place so i had to take a couple week hiatus to get all that set up and yeah we are we are good to go it, like it just it's weird to be back after just that like, as a full set after a few week hiatus you know yeah it's man. great though yeah we took a couple of weeks off uh because like you said like you just guys said you know life stuff happens and uh, we hope you're all having a great life. And, and of course you are, because you're listening to our show. So we appreciate that so very much. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of people who had a very rough life, uh, we're going to talk about the core four in a minute as we dive into Scream 6. This is the sixth film in this franchise. Uh, rebooted, re worked repurposed i guess <laughs> uh in 2022 the sequel to the requel yeah the sequel to the <laughs> requel uh you know uh this uh dropped a few weeks ago uh we get melissa barrera jenny ortega uh mason gooding and jasmine savoy brown back uh in this movie we also get a returning <laughs> hayden panettiere uh super excited about that we also get uh uh Gail Weathers back again. I forget who's Courtney that? No, Cox. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. We get Courtney Cox back again. Uh Dewey's dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it felt weird having this <laughs> film without Sydney Prescott. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, I actually was kind of glad they didn't bring her back. I yeah. mean, I agree. It just felt weird. It's like I I it's you know it's 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 pretty solid though if you can have two films come out within like two weeks of each other and not have your main stars like with Creed 
three. They didn't have Sylvester Stallone. This one didn't have Sidney Prescott. And both had their biggest opening weekends ever. And both were, I would argue, among the best of their franchise, <laughs> which is kind of wild. Messed up. Yeah, it's a little wild. But uh, so we we sort of jumped the shark there a little bit. But uh, so Scream Six, we are now out of Woodsboro. We are in New York City. The main cast, they're all in the same college. Things are going a little bit better. And then we get a copycat killer once again on Halloween. And we're going to dive into all the juiciness that, that happens in this film. But first off, I just want to know you guys' thoughts going in, especially after the uh, after Scream 5. What were you thinking going into Scream 6, Zach? Um, I was actually super excited. Um, I love New York City. I love every, I love being in that city. So to have the the city that they're in be the backdrop of where everything is taking place this time, I thought that was super cool. Of course, New York City's so big, so there's not like places you're gonna like recognize. I mean, Subway Station, sure, but right. you know what I mean. So it was just really cool to see it though in New York City. It's such a big place. I love that. There's so many things going around while the killing's happening, and it's still like no one's around. So <laughs> uh, I, I immediately, even before seeing it, knew that was going to be part of it, and I loved every second of it. So, and before going in, I was I was super excited to see it too. So, Brandon, what about you, man? All right, so like there was a ten year hiatus between Scream Four and Scream Five, so. Um, <laughs> Getting to see Scream 5 in theaters, it was great. So I'm like, cool, this was awesome. I'm pretty sure this is a wrap-up to the entire franchise. And then they were like, hey, yeah, we're doing Scream 6. So I'm like, okay, cool, I'm on board. Um, uh, I I decided to watch this theater, watch this film in theaters at, uh, at Disney Springs uh, when I was there for my bachelor party uh, a couple weeks ago. Man, what an experience. The Dolby Theater they have there is just freaking mm. awesome. But um that's that like I I have I can go on for hours about how great Dolby is, but <laughs> and the gunshots shook your seats and all that. It just so freaking good, man. But um to the story itself, the film itself, I was overall satisfied. Um I I think I was a little low on it when I first watched it. I'm like, okay, cool. But I mean, now that I think about it more, I'm like, okay, yeah, though this is actually pretty good. Uh, I just haven't gone back in and changed my rating yet, so we will see after this uh, after this review how I feel. But yeah. overall, yeah, no, I'm I'm really satisfied with this. What about uh, you, Phoenix? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I loved Screen Five, like way more than I thought I would. Because uh, before Screen Five came out, I went back and rewatched the whole series. And I like Scream 2 is okay, but Scream 3 and Scream 4 really kind of killed the franchise for me. I was like, you know, these movies are not for me. <laughs> like, like, I just felt they were bringing it down. And then Scream 5 comes out and it's a banger. Like, it's an absolute banger. I really dug it. When they said they were doing Scream 6, I was a little worried because I was like, uh, you just did Scream 5. You just had it. You just did it right. I don't know about doing another one so soon. But then when they said that they weren't going to be in Woodsboro, I was like, you know what? I think I'm on board. I like where this is going. And immediately, as soon as the movie starts, they sold me. 
<laughs> like they sold me on the new location. They sold me on the story. Um, I really loved it. Like Scream Six is my personal favorite of the franchise. Like hands down. I I think we can all agree though. Scream Three is one of the worst projects, worst films ever uh, made. It's, it's not the worst film, but it is one of the. It, that is such a bad. <laughs> we lost Zach. <laughs> they tried. They they really did. Just man, it just fell so flat. And I'm yeah. so glad I'm not the only one who's like, "What the hell was that?" You know. Yeah. I felt bad in that movie because I feel like that was one of the first times they really tried to develop uh Sydney as you know more of a more of a more of a character in her trauma and dealing with this situation like three times now mm-hmm. like i really felt like they they had really gotten to a, a strong place with that and then they just screwed it all up <laughs> like in the end yeah it's just like uh you, you you had it and then you lost it <laughs> yeah it's it's really crazy to think just how they they were they had such a strong start with the first two and then the and then i just i i maybe it's because they just took a mythical route with the third one but um man just the best part about that film was carrie fisher's cameo zach that kept <laughs> up to speed we're talking about scream three how about how bad that was um it's been a while since i've seen it so yeah yeah, like I've I seen said, a lot of movies since last year. So, it, oh yeah, yeah. See, like, like I remember when we were discussing uh, the last uh, Jurassic World movie, and you you had watched all of the Jurassic movies up up until then. Um, that's what I would compare Scream Three to. It's like like watching all of them at once. It's just like, wow, this is a lot of bad in one movie. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's just right. like how do you how do you get to the point where you have established characters and established plot points that you just f it all up with your third film? Yeah, yeah. So, but enough about Scream Three. Let's get back <laughs> into Scream Six. Uh, so um, should we break the seal? We talk spoilers. Let's do it. Um, I think I so. Like... It's kind of hard not to talk spoilers right. when there's a lot of killing. Like they know <laughs> it's going to be there, you know. So. Right. All right. So we are officially talking spoilers for Scream Six. Uh, Brandon, kick us off. What are your spoiler thoughts? On... Yeah, man. Um. I, at this point, I'm a, I I think we're always led to expect two killers. Like I know they kind of pass it off that there's one leading up until like the grand reveal, but you're I at this point you're just always, always going to expect two. Um, and I think that's the big seller for me. I was like I was trying to just figure out I'm like okay who is it because like they've done the whole uh, fake out of killing people off before, so I'm like. Maybe it could be this person. Maybe it could be that person. So, I mean, unlike Knives Out, a Glass Onion, uh, Knives Out, uh, not Knives Out, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Oh, there we go. It's late. Uh, um, 
we were able to really piece together who it was really quickly there. This one where I was led just, I was just going down a giant rabbit hole trying to figure out who the hell it was up until the reveal. And I think they did an excellent job of subverting it every time, right? Uh Every time you thought it was this person, they was like, "Mm, no, we're going to, you know, we're going to throw just a little bit of a wrinkle in that, in that theory. And you're like, oh man, you know, like, cause I thought at the beginning, I really thought it was going to be Kirby. Like, I really thought it was going to oh, be yeah. Kirby. Um, and like at the end when he's like, hey, you know, I, I talked to uh, their department. She's she's gone mad. I was like, oh, I was like, yo, that's such a cool like twist on everything. I felt I was like, yo, I was like, oh, my God, that would be cool. And then but then uh, when uh, I can't remember her name, but Jasmine Savoy Brown's character, when she was on the subway went by herself with with old boy i was like uh he's definitely the killer and Mm -hmm. then you know then another ghost face pops up i was like i don't know what's going on like it kept me guessing the whole way through the whole way through and i was i was pleasantly surprised with who it ended up being yeah i i think that was a big surprise for me i mean i feel like there was a little hint here and there like when they're at the park and they're trying to lock in where the killer is by using like by ha- having them on a call with them. The I forget the dad's name, but um, one of the guys who revealed to be who was revealed to be the killer. Um, you could kind of hear Ghostface, just regular Ghostface without the voice modular in his voice. I'm like, I'm like, did I just hear that correctly? Does that sound right? I'm like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And then out of nowhere, bam! Like it was him. Like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving towards the beginning of the, the film, I, I really like the, the therapy scene between Sam and her <laughs> and her therapist because for multiple reasons. One, it, it's showing the trauma and PTSD she's going through, which I don't feel like they really did with Sydney or not, Gail Weathers. Not well enough, no. Not well enough at all. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a really traumatic experience. Yeah. Like there's no way to sugarcoat that. I also like the beginning too, even before that, the very yes. opening with the date. Yes. And like it turns out these movie nerds are like trying to be the killer at first. Right. And then I think later on they're like, oh, you mean those guys who probably have like a letterbox account? <laughs> like those losers? I thought that was hilarious. They made a reference to that. I was like, that's great. I felt attacked. <laughs> you, you know what's great about that is um so Samara Weaving was in the opening. I did not know she was in the film at all. No. Um so the director of this film, I am completely drawing on his name real quick. So give me a quick second. There's two directors, Tyler Gillett and Matt Bettelini open. Open, yeah. Okay, so um, the two of them work together on Ready or Not, right. starring Samara Weaving, which right. I love that film. Zach, so you need to good. watch that soon. It is so, so freaking good. good. But um, that movie is just, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but uh, Samara <laughs> Weaving, she was in this. And uh, something that I like that they did during that subway scene, they did a lot of like homages to a lot of slasher films and a lot of like, a lot of their projects. And one of the Halloween costumes was Samara Weaving's character. Was it? 
and yeah, it, you because you'll see like the the, the like the cut up uh, bridal dress with wow. the with the ammo pouch, the ammo satchel across her. I'm like, wow. I'm like, for good good on you, good on you, film. That's but, funny. Yeah. <laughs> but did you guys ever expect Flash Thompson to be a killer? <laughs> yeah, that was my first thought. Like that was yeah. Speaking of the opening, the opening was was excellent because. Like once she answers the phone, you realize, okay, she's she's about to be the first victim. Um, but th- what I love so much about this movie, and particularly that opening, is like pretty much everything that we've seen so far in the screen franchise gets tossed out of the window in that opening scene, right? Number one, we're in a different city. Uh, number two, they have to do something weird to get this this person to a um like quiet location. Number three, they reveal the killer instantly, which I was like, whoa, that's something they they would never do. And then there's a reason for that. And then you know, then when that killer is killed by another ghost face, uh, we learn like you know. He's not after fame or he's not after a recreation of the movies. You know, that whole storyline of like, you know, uh, we got to remake the movies or we got to, you know, we got to love for the movies type type of thing is thrown out the window and it's abandoned. In in one line, he literally says, who gives a fuck about movies? (laughs) I love that line. And I loved everything about that opening just because it, it took all of the things that I really kind of got frustrated with, with the second, third, and fourth screen movies, and just threw all of those out of windows. Like, yeah, we're doing something totally different here. And I'm like, thank God. Like, like so I really love that opening. Yeah. I also like how they show um, Jenna Ortega's character. I like how yeah. they show that she's also handling it like a different way than um sam who's played by melissa barrera and i thought that was really important and really cool for them to do that because you know it kind of shows how people deal with trauma in different ways and it's not always necessarily going to be the same so i really enjoyed the like they actually paid attention to that i don't know i just appreciated that about the movie as well i love that you said that because so often right (laughs) like this is what what made me really angry with Scream Four, is like they only showed the one side with, of 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 how people respond to trauma, which was just ignore it, pretend it didn't happen, you know, try to move on with your life, you know, type of thing. And so I love that they had that juxtaposition of here's one person going to therapy and battling like very internalized demons and they can't let go of their sister they're keeping her you know very wound up tight and you have that up against a girl who's like trying to be a little bit more reckless really kind of maybe even thoughtless like about what has happened to her and and what could what else could happen to her type of thing so i love i love that that juxtaposition cuz that really finally encapsulates how people deal with trauma and and this is a very traumatic experience so i really mm-hmm. love that you know what else is stupid to me is like looking back at the older screen movies sydney prescott just used, continued to use a normal lock 
Meanwhile, <laughs> Samantha gets home and she has like 10 locks on her door. Yeah. Like I, I relate to that because I've had like I have had it, I've had it my own cyber soccer situation to where like my my new place has like five or six different security measures in place. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not taking any chances. And like I'm surprised Sydney Prescott's like, that'll be fine. It's not like this is gonna happen again. Yeah. And then it happens again. And then she's like, this is fine. It's not like it's gonna happen again. You know, honestly, Brandon, you mentioned uh before how she's not in this movie, but honestly, like I felt as though she didn't really need to be because mm-hmm. where they left off in Scream Five, I think that was a good ending for her. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like they the way that they put her at the end, like trying to live her own life, I think really worked out. So I'm excited because that means the franchise can continue with different characters and we're not relying on one character to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um absolutely. And like obviously I love Nev Campbell, uh one of the first, you know, celebrity crushes of my youth. But um yeah, like I, I like if if you've gone through this five times, like you don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> like you don't need to deal with this anymore. Like I'm like, so I'm glad she wasn't there. Um, I'm kind of shocked Gail was, but I mean, you know. Okay, my favorite part <laughs> with Gail Weathers is when Tara smacked the crap out of her. <laughs> Oh, she yeah. punched her. She punched her. She, punched right? her. She's like, she missed you... and then she counters with a second punch. And I loved yeah. it. She's I was like, like she's great. like, you promised you wouldn't write a book about this. Sorry, that's showbiz. Yeah, that was kind of cold. I'm like, but then I kind of get it. And like, that's the that's the only one thing I would say about this movie is like we still don't have enough about Gail. I mean, Gail is a great character, you know what I'm saying? We know kind of her story and what she's done. But like, talk about somebody else who's dealing with it another way. You know, like she's writing books, making money off of it, while other people are are you know traumatized by it, and she's definitely traumatized by it too. But you know, she she's like, I'm gonna turn my trauma into profit. <laughs> like like you know, what I'm saying you gotta respect you know, the hustle. You know but, what I like about that is like, um, after she met Dewey. And they went on to live their life. She kind of like left that scene of like, hey, I'm going to mooch off others and just continue to just be a reporter. Mm-hmm. I like how they brought her back to those roots after Dewey was gone. After Dewey's gone, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense for her, for her character. And I love uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I love her, her fight scene with Ghostface uh, in particular <laughs> because... Uh, she does one thing in in the movie that after seeing five other screen movies, you go, why did nobody else think of this? And she literally puts Ghostface on hold and then calls him back. <laughs> like I was just to like, see where the phone rings, yeah. Right? Like I was like, bro, it's genius. I'm like, like you can see it on her face. So she like, like just realized, wait a second, I could do this. And she's just like, why did I think it is before? Yeah, she's and like, hold, please. Hold, please. It's <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> just calls them back. I'm like, yo, that is sheer brilliance. And I love, you know, the, the first movie was what, 90, 
two ninety four or something mm, like. I don't know. Yeah, like like. I like, think it. No, nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. Oh Jesus. Okay, so still like nineties, right? I like, and I distinctly remember. And by the time Screen Two came out, caller ID was a thing, right? So like. Like in one of the first scenes in Scream Two, like somebody's trying to prank call Sydney, and she gets their number, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, I got your name and number and your address," and then they hang up, and it's like, "Yeah," because that technology was invented. Like now, you know, we're in an age of cell phones, we're in an age of social media. I'm like, there's other ways to catch a killer, and I was just like, and the simplest way is like, "Hey, someone's calling you on your phone, just call them back." <laughs> And you can find out. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. Oh, like I just love, I love how simple that solution was. But uh, yeah, and and it was a great scene between her and Ghostface. I thought that was a great fight, great kill, or almost kill. But yeah, it was I good. also love when Tara apologizes to her, and she goes, "You're not sorry." She goes, like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I did like Gail. I liked that they didn't make her like super up, like in your face in the movie. Like, oh, she's gonna be in every scene. Mm-hmm. I like that she was just in like a few here and there, not necessarily like the main focus or like putting too much focus on her because she's the original cast. So, right. Uh, what is Jasmine? Let me look. What is Jasmine Savoy Brown's uh character's name? Oh, Mindy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Mindy. Because <laughs> Mindy, Mindy is like the audience surrogate for like ex- exposition. And she explains like the meta of what this story is. Like, hey, we're in a franchise now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These are the new rules. Uh, she's like, some people like no everybody's el- eligible to die now, including main characters. You guys are going down, <laughs> like, and I just love it because she's it's really serious, but she's you know, you know, she's playful with it, and uh, it just works for this story and how it unfolds. I just really, I really love that character, she's really funny. I also love when she, um. When oh when she gets stabbed, and she's like, "Damn it, I was wrong again." <laughs> like that was great, and I also loved it because you know the whole time the audience is thinking, "Okay, it has to be that guy," and then that happens, and she goes, "Yeah, damn it, I got it wrong again." Right. So I I really did enjoy that part. I thought that was great how they worked that in. I love how she lived. I thought she was gonna die, Bro. especially because especially because he twisted the knife. Oh my god. I was I thought, so scared. I, I thought Gail was a goner. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, none of the main characters died, I don't believe. Yeah, it's just I don't it believe. was yeah. Well, do we? No, well, this I mean film, in this, this in this film. Um, this film specifically. I think technically okay. one person of the main group died, and it was the lady that they pushed off the ladder. Yeah, because she was yeah because the, the only one because one of the killers I forget the redhead's name. Give me one quick second. We look at it. Quinn. Yeah, she lived. Chad survived. Yeah, Chad survived. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 like to be fair, like they made it look like we lost a lot of them. Like Gail 
Gail was on her deathbed. Chad is pretty much a goner. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just survived from plot armor, which I'll take. I don't care. <laughs> Mindy barely surviving as well. Um, so like there's they they yeah, they didn't have a very high kill rate. I mean, they killed like random people more than they killed any one of the main characters. Like they killed two people in the in the uh convenience store. Uh obviously they killed the first two guys, you know. They they yeah, so it, it's it was some pretty hefty murder in this one, but uh the main cast managed to to survive for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of I don't want to jump to the ending just yet, because the ending is where I have the the most praise and also the biggest complaint whatsoever like the biggest complaint of of all but i'm not going to jump to that just yet um (laughs) there is a trope though that uh the screen movies do that that was pointed out to me and and i do kind of agree with it but it because it is very annoying but it is it makes sense um you know you'll be running from they'll be running from ghostface they'll find like you know, a bat or something laying down and they'll swing it, they'll hit them, they'll knock them down, and then they'll run off and then drop the weapon. <laughs> like whatever they whatever they just knocked them down. It's like oh, no. yeah. that's that's typical Friday the thirteenth yeah uh, behavior. It's just like just like whenever like Tommy or something like someone like that would just like they they'd get him. They'd stab him in the face or something. Right. And then he'd like lay down and then they just run like you you know he's gonna come back to come back <laughs> right. up. It's like, like yeah, you haven't done you, enough damage, and then yeah, you like, let go you... of the weapon that you just <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a horror film trope, it's a slasher trope. Uh it, it doesn't annoy me, but it, it does become pretty significant in this movie. I think they do it like two or three times in, in this movie alone. So that that is annoying, but again, oh, I, I get where it comes from. Here's what gets me though: is like they'll be running through like an alleyway or something, and instead, like they'll get a good enough distance, they'll knock the person down, like, but they won't shut the door. That's right there. They'll just let the person run right through. Right. Like, like it's all those little things that get to me it's just like i get it's a horror movie and you're you're supposed to make your characters like do stupid things to die but man it's just like um i'm trying to find a good example here all right in the last of us uh in the first episode where joel encounters that clicker that literally just pops up and runs after them in the diner how do you shut the door that that wouldn't have been an issue. Maybe. I just I just think that's so funny. But um, I will say though they cut down on the stupidity of the oh, 100%. a lot in this movie, like as opposed to previous films, which again was driving me up a wall. Was <laughs> like the level of stupidity with with these with the cast members was mm-hmm. always like it seemed to be like a driving point of these movies. So it was nice to see that they were like, hey, how about we not make them that stupid? <laughs> like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, thank thank God for that. You know, I'm really glad that they gave Josh Shigara 
work like an actual role to work with because excuse me like he was in she-hulk and his character like he him as a as an actor being in the mcu was ruined because um he played uh prometheus uh adrian chase and arrow one of the best villains of that show he was such a freaking good actor and had he gotten cast in like the mcu in a villain role oh my god he would have killed it I'm he, he he did pretty good in this film. Like, would have been cool if he was go, it was one of the ghost face. Sure, does it work the way it does? One hundred percent. That's the boyfriend. Yes, uh, his oh, name is Danny. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I would rather him not have been ghost face. I like how they did that because that would have been yeah. just a typical like right. Kind of like okay, it's the love interest, right? So, yeah, I, I was actually glad they didn't do that. And that's mm-hmm. and that's another like one of those like guarantee, uh, especially screen tropes, where it's like yeah, the, it's the love interest. That's that's why I think they put him in there is, is he's a great subversion. Like, like I I still think he's gonna end up being a killer <laughs> just just because like. Yeah, like it, it always ends up being the, the love interest. So I'm like, I'm like Scream Seven. I'm still looking at him like, nah, bro, you, you know what I'm saying? You definitely a suspect. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it was a uh, they did a really good job of, of subverting, subverting the expectation to the point where when when it's finally revealed, I was very shocked <laughs> at at who it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like had they had they changed his character up and not be the boyfriend, and just be like one of the the siblings to uh, Jack Wade's character from the last film. Uh-huh. He would have he would have definitely worked as Ghostface. Oh yeah, know? totally. Yeah, but I, I mean, overall, I think he did a great job in this film, and I'm excited to see him in more work. I hope he gets more like villainish roles. Maybe that's just me trying to typecast him because he just <laughs> killed it in Arrow. But man, he deserves like so much more. Are we ready to talk about the ending? Is there uh, anything else you guys yeah. want to talk about? Let's do it. Yeah. Do you guys think in Scream 7, do you guys think Samantha is going to go on a murder spree like she did in this one? Like she didn't go on a murder spree, but she like ripped into the guy. Hey man, listen. <clears throat> all of her actions so far in my opinion have been completely justified oh i completely agree but like <laughs> i mean but you have um what's his name you have uh i am drawing a an absolute blank on his name right now give me a quick second billy loomis billy loomis thank you it has been a long day um, yeah i know billy loomis you had like a vision of him talking in her ear yeah i have i mean they wouldn't have that for nothing unless they were to lead into something you know i mean it's kind of funny they're Uh, they're they're kind of using billy loomis kind of as a hero (laughs) like of these of these you know past two films is like yeah he's the, the original serial killer he's obviously you know he was obviously deranged but like 
she's needed his like, help like for, for these past two films like he's been talking since like like well i think he's more so just wanting her to embrace a killer instinct whether it's good or bad right yeah i think he just Billy wants Loomis, to... since the last movie has become an anti-hero as opposed to just a straight-up villain right yeah. But I, you know what, I I love the arc for Sam. I think that arc is so cool. Like, the original killer, her dad, and mm-hmm. the way she's using it now is redeeming for her family name. I think that part is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love everything about uh, her as a character <laughs> and her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even if her actions weren't justified, I'd justify them. So, <laughs> oh, that, that's mainly because of Melissa Barrera. But uh... Zach, Zach Sneath is officially changing his name to Zach Simp. <laughs> <laughs> it would be worth it, right? For for Melissa Barrera, it's like it's fine. that. Being said, I want to do something we've never done on the podcast. Melissa, that... would you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> you love. Oh me. my god. I, and I, I thought everybody was like, listen, I don't understand the appeal, ever. but everybody obs- obsesses over Jenna Ortega, and I don't understand Jenna Ortega is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Hey, she's, whoa, she's a great slow actress. down there. Slow down there, Brandon. Whoa. I, no, this is just me. She's a great actress. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the way everybody obsesses over her, it, it's weird. It, it's, it's, it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> It I'm obsessed over her, but no, yeah, but he is talking about the people who are, and that is that, yeah, that's old like weird. literally somebody snuck into the Golden Globes to ask her to go to coffee one time, and that like that's that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, like that's, that's going a that's going a step too far. <laughs> like, but I mean, Jenna Ortega is fantastic, really, really good actress, and like one of the things I really love about this movie too is like, like I'm so much better than the rest of the series is because the acting is it's no longer uh what i would call scary movie acting you know what i'm saying where it's like we're just the fodder for the for the killer you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so we say dumb stuff we we like head for the know, cemetery right right we say dumb stuff we say uh we we get foreshadowing like it's it's obvious foreshadowing uh in in the in the writing it's like so super bad this this one and the last one but especially in this one you see so much growth in all of these characters um and they're all well written and they're all well acted melissa barrera is fantastic jenna ortega is really really good mason gooding's amazing Jasmine Savoy Brown is incredible. I like they bring so much elevation to these characters, uh, which is why like when uh, Chad is stabbed like twenty six times, you know, <laughs> you know, say only you're like the, the boy's a goner. Like at the end, you're kind of like, dang man, I, I'm really sad because they really they kill Chad. And how he lived is fully on me. Oh no, it's garbage it's complete plot armor (laughs) right but because the character is so well acted the story is so well written that character is so fully developed when he's when he comes out and he's lived again (laughs) after being stabbed multiple times you're like i don't care that it doesn't make any sense (laughs) like i don't care that he's supposed to be dead 
I love this character so much that I'm happy that he's alive. And that to me is it it shows the strength of character. It uh, shows the strength of the writing, shows the strength of the the actors that this is one character we didn't want to die. And you know what I'm saying? Like, or any of these four characters are are, are characters we don't want to die because we've actually grown attached to them. I feel way more attached to these four characters than I have any of the any of the previous uh scream actors. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say every time you say that, Phoenix, it reminds me of the Geico commercial. You that's know, the one that's the horror word. movie commercial. That's where oh, I pulled right. the head for the yeah, yeah. From. Let's go to the basement. Why not the attic? Why this don't we just get in the running car? <laughs> that's why I said the line "head for the cemetery" because right. that's what the convert. That's what it's from. It's like he's head like, for the cemetery. It's like yeah. Why, why don't we just hide behind those things of chainsaws? It's like what? Like, uh, but like that. That was that's the. Uh, the trope, that's how Geico was able to make that commercial because so often in horror movies, you have really just bad acting mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 bad decisions. So obviously bad decisions that it's very easy to make. It, it's like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> Which is now on stream. That is the stereotypical bad horror movie. Oh, man. Like they get a bunch of random women who look good put them on the screen and then they act like idiots so the characters who are the killers look great yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, so as bad as winning the Pooh blood and honey is um i beg all of you to go watch that so you can experience what we experienced yeah, it is now hilarious. on it is now out on streaming so please it is hilarious i'll say that like it is worth watching just for a laugh yeah i'm cool on that <laughs> you keep that laugh <laughs> um but there is uh first off i want to point out uh production design on this is insane that oh, yeah. no, they shrine stepped, they stepped up their budget for sure yeah that shrine to Ghostface, like that whole area was like wow like like that was incredibly well done like i was like I want that in a screen museum. Like, give me, give me that. I want to see that. That'd probably be the creepiest place in the world to ever be. But I want to. I want all of that. That looked amazing. Something, um, I, th- something I think they should really do. I think that would be awesome to do. <clears throat> in my opinion, is if like ten years from now they decide to actually open a horror themed museum, oh, yeah. and it's just full of screen used props and stuff, and yeah. just of like in like history of like how the films were made. Halloween, Friday the 13th, yes. Friday, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, oh. uh, Terrify. Dude, Terrifier deserves to be in there by <laughs> far. Um, Scream. Yeah. I'm missing a few, but just, man, imagine a museum just based off be, of all of these films. Oh, that would be that be the scariest place on Earth, but it would be awesome. <laughs> um, But on top of that, uh, so we get like it's still twisting and turning up until this point. We think it's Kirby. We think it's uh the boyfriend. We think it's any well, we think it's all of these people. And if finally we get the reveal, it's the officer, it's the roommate, and it's and it's her roommate, like who we thought was dead. Um an incredible, incredible reveal. 
that like was so satisfying. And the reason being is because you murdered our brother. You know what I'm saying? You're the reason, like, you know, they didn't, they, they obviously don't know what he was doing. They, he didn't, they didn't know he was a killer or maybe they did and they just don't care. But like you killed our brother. So this is, this is what you get. You know what I'm saying? This is what you get. You get a psychotic family. Uh, I love this concept. Uh, I, I genuinely loved it. Uh, I love the reveal. I love the motivation. I love that that room and the way they did it it was just it like in terms of a set piece and the story working together i thought it was brilliant it was it was really well done it was really well done yeah i love the entire shrine at the end with all the ghost face cloaks the masks the knives they use i thought that was super cool and of course i love sam taking on her dad's like outfit Basically. yes <laughs> yes that was so dope that, that was funny. epic i loved i loved it that was that was epic and 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 earned it was definitely earned like because obviously you know she's dealing with the the fact that this, this is who her father is and she's got to deal with his legacy She's got to deal with, you know, what she's done so far. And finally, you know, she just embraces it. And she just says, screw it. You know what I'm saying? This is who I am. Might as well take it on. And I and I thought that was great. I genuinely thought that was great. But, mm-hmm. I, but I love how, even in the end, she still, re- like, symbolically, we don't know if she's actually done this, but it does look like as if she's still rejecting that legacy, like, she throws the mask down and she doesn't come back for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, is she, is she trying still to walk away from that life? Is she fighting destiny? What is she doing? I don't know, but I, I, I dug the symbolism in that. I want to see a movie. Honestly, I think between Sydney and Sam, Sam is my favorite main character in the franchise. Mm. I think Sydney's the classic, but Sam for me is the favorite. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think she's a lot stronger than Sydney, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just like where they're going with her character. I think it's more exciting. Yeah, see, I, I, I this this character, Sam, is what I wish Allison in the Halloween sequel franchise was. Because... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, Laurie Strode, I'm glad they had her keep the reins. But man, they could have easily had like Allison be the lead, the leading role of like badassery in Halloween Ends. But she, that is, I mean, I'm not even gonna go back into that film because it's just a giant throwaway. But um, overall, what I really liked about um, about keeping Laurie Strode as the main badass is like. They made it justified. They had her 40 years later, completely buffed out still, still like training with the weapon every single day, locks and everything. I can see them doing like if they were to take a break on Scream films for like another 20 years, have her end up in the same role that Lori was in Halloween 2018, Mm. where it's just like she's still dealing with her PTSD and she's like completely barricaded her house still and locked up 
and like waiting for another scream face attack, a ghost face attack, it could work. See, I, I, and I feel like she wouldn't do that. Like, I feel like as a character, Sam is a lot more proactive than a lot of other final girls uh, in horror movies. And like, genuinely, I feel like, yeah, you had the, the symbolism of her throwing the mask away, but I feel like, I feel like that's that's one of two things. Either she's rejecting, you know, her father's legacy and 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 what that means, or she's saying, "I'm going to build my own." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and she, maybe she has accepted that she's a killer, mm-hmm. and if and if that's the case, she wants to be a killer in her own way. And I think you know, you know, she's she's she might go on a murder spree herself. But I don't I don't know how it'll end. But I I I agree. I love Sam as a character and I love how they're characterizing her arc and her story. I like like I love all four of these characters though. Like because I love what they're doing with all four of them. So I dig it. Um uh and I'm just so happy uh that Dewey is dead. Um so <laughs> <laughs> the the only character they have balls enough to kill off. So happy he's gone. <laughs> plot, plot twist. Plot twist. Sam meets Batman and takes <laughs> up the mantle. He becomes vengeance. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show, everybody. Have a great night. <laughs> nice. Phoenix, so... I'll give you the first film you direct. Right. Oh, I do have to talk about this. Uh, so, um, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It makes okay. me so angry. So, in the final <laughs> battle between, you know, uh, Sam and 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 the ghost face or whatever, she's got a gun. She's out of bullets. Uh, the officer, who's obviously one of the killers, uh has a gun that has bullets. <laughs> he doesn't shoot her, even though she doesn't have a gun. He runs after her. <laughs> Quad armor. Right. Which I'm like, okay, like, number one, I would have been like, okay, maybe if he realized he didn't have bullets either, fine. Right? Then it would make sense. But then in the very next scene, they show that he's got another gun in his his ankle i'm like what the so he could have shot her six ways to sunday like uh-huh. could have shot her with with the gun he had he could have shot her with another gun he already stored away but instead he runs at her. i was just like okay like that to me was the epitome of we yeah the epitome of plot armor like we gotta yeah. protect this character so even though this doesn't make any logical sense. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's just like with every 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 Hollywood film that's come out, there are only two franchises that I can accurately say use firearms well. Mm. John Wick mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. When, um, when the guy's like flipping the sword and stuff and Indy just pulls out the gun and shoots him. <laughs> why, do, why don't more people do that? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, because this it made no sense here. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, 
it does it doesn't take away my enjoyment of this film uh but yeah to me i was just like did they just write themselves into a corner there like what was the lot like i'm sure or maybe they thought like you know would be really funny and but really dumb <laughs> like like let's do something really really dumb here and that was it like because like i said they cut down on the stupidity of our main characters that doesn't mean our villains can't be complete idiots so like that was that was a complete idiot move i don't know how that made it past uh <laughs> yeah the testing stage but yeah mm-hmm. that, that was ridiculous <laughs> That was my that was my biggest complaint though. Like out of everything, that was my biggest complaint. I think yeah. that this was my favorite screen movie though by far. Easy. Personally. I'll have to disagree with you there. Um I'd like to hear what you guys' rankings are. Um wait, 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 wait. Before before you disagree, you gotta say your favorite. Scream five. Really? Okay. All right. Oh, all right. All right, okay. fair. Hey, it could be worse, could be worse. So right. Um, I just did. I just updated my uh scream ranking today. Uh, I still have the first scream number one, because obviously we wouldn't be here without it. Uh, so gotta give him his props for that. Uh, this is firmly number two. Scream six is number two. Uh, if not like one A. <laughs> uh, cause I like I said, I really really love this movie like a lot. Um. Uh, number three is Scream Five. Scream Five is is uh, I think a well worthy reboot, almost as good as the original. But obviously, I love this one more. But uh, so that's number three. Number four is Scream Two, and and it goes downhill from there. Scream, I think Scream Four is fifth, and Scream Three is last. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Zach. So for me, uh, two, three, and four are a little blurry, but uh, they're not really something I think are very memorable either. So for me, I would say six is just my personal favorite, uh, just as a movie. One would have to be second, of course, for what Phoenix said. I don't think I could ever change where that one is placed. So if like one came and took six a spot, I would probably just move six to three because you can't really, I mean, it wouldn't be here without scream one. So you got to give credit where credit's due. I agree with that. And I think for me, the third would be the fifth and then everything else. I don't really, I mean, I could go back and watch them and rank them, but I don't really want to torture myself. So I would, uh, I would rather not. Uh, For me, uh, coming up number one is Scream Five. Um, I think that just I think that film was just really good. Um, and it just I think it reawakened the love for a lot of people for this franchise. Mm-hmm. Number two, I mean, I think we all just across the board, yes, the first one because yeah, it's just so good. Number three is Scream Six. Uh, number four is Scream Four. Take it or leave it. Um, it has some interesting points to it, but overall, it's just okay. Uh, number five is Scream 2. Again, it's just one of those films, tag it or leave it. And then just rightfully so at number six is Scream 3. So I guess you guys want to give final ratings for Scream 6? Yeah, let's do that. Phoenix? Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I 
I might surprise you guys, but I'm I'm going with five stars. Um, despite everything that I, I brought up, I love this movie. I thought it was so well done. It's finally the screen movie that I've wanted this franchise to be for so long. So, one hundred percent, hands down, five star movie for me. Awesome, Zach. For me, uh, I'm gonna go four stars. Uh, movie was fantastic. I wouldn't change uh, too much about it. Um, there's a couple things here and there, but overall, I think it's a great movie, and I'm satisfied with what they made. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna follow up with you uh, about Scream Six um, being at four stars. Uh, I think it was a solid film. Um, not sure how I'm gonna feel about doing them doing a Scream Seven, even though it's gonna happen. Um, Man, that post-credit scene. I don't know if you guys watched it. Freaking no, I hilarious. It. I, I didn't find out that there was a post-credit scene until like afterwards. I was like listening to somebody's like uh Twitter spaces and they mentioned it. And I was like, holy crap. Uh, like as I just walked out, I didn't even know that it it had one in there. So I, now I gotta go back just to watch the post-credit scene. What was the post-credit scene? <laughs> it literally is just a very like it's like a one second clip of um it's literally one second clip of Mindy saying, not every film needs a post-credit scene. <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> it's so good. I, I love that because like she she's just the the stereotypical film person now. Yeah. And them <laughs> just throwing it in there just felt very marvelly to me. Uh, <laughs> like, hi, I'm Captain America. Here to tell you about the <laughs> patients. Something like that. That was great. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm still I'm still probably gonna go back just to watch. <laughs> but so, yeah, there, there you have it. Five stars for me, four for Brandon and Zach. What did you guys think of Scream Six? Uh let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Filmco Pod. And uh we are gonna move on now to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. What was good for you this week, Brandon? Man, uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, as far as watching things, I have been very limited just because just based off of just how busy I've been. But um, it would be criminal of me to not mention this. I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ooh. Instant five star. Oh, nice. my God. That film was so freaking good. <laughs> Wow, wow, man. Jack Nicholson killed that role. Like, I, I finished the whole film without knowing this was a bad, this was one of the best, like, this is one of the best picture winners of, like, I guess the 60s. Mm. Like, this came out, no, not 60s, 1975, this film came out. I did not know that this was the best picture winner until after I finished the film. But, oh, wow. my God, what an incredible movie. Nice. If you if you guys haven't watched it yet, it is on HBO Max. Go, please go watch it. It's so good. I've had that on my watch list forever. Zach, what about you? So mine's kind of hard because all the movies I've been seeing recently have been movies I feel like everyone talks about. 
So, like, recently I've seen Casablanca. I've seen uh, Singing in the Rain. I've finally, seen, finally. I've seen Moonlight. I've seen Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, so I've been seeing a lot. And I saw Coco. Bangers, bro. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, I saw Coco, too. So, Damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get, make up for movies everyone's been telling me to watch. I just haven't had time to watch. And um, so... For me, though, I would still say uh, the one I would recommend is Singing in the Rain. I mean, I can't not give it to it. It's just a classic. It's great. I'm glad I watched it. For me, hitting musicals, I felt like, though, this was honestly like a perfect movie. So I really did enjoy it a lot. Five stars? Five stars. Let's go. Yeah, no, easy. Like, I, I, I don't know. if I can't remember if you mentioned this or not. Has it heightened your love for Babylon at all? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that movie ties basically direct. The whole movie is like an homage to uh-huh. Singing in the Rain, uh-huh. which is like amazing. And I love it because like Chazelle's favorite film of all time is Singing in the Rain. So I'm, I love that he was able to just do like a more mature version of it. But man, Singing in the Rain, I I can't wait to sit down and, ch- and chat about it with you guys. Um, I my first time watching it back in the I think it was twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. Um, I watched it with Phoenix for the first time, and man, I that was it's just it's just such a fun film. Like it's it's heartfelt. It's great. Has a lot of tones to it, and just I I love that movie so much. I hate to steal your your thunder here about Singing in the Rain about your what's good, but man, I cannot wait to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, uh, easily easily one of the one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's an easy five star um i wish i had a five star film to recommend i do not <laughs> but uh i finally uh i'm wrapping up my last little bit of 2022 films uh that were on my watch list and i finally got around to seeing mrs harris goes to paris Love and that movie. it was so good like it was it was like it's this very sweet little charming film, but it was so good, and I loved it. I, I really loved it, and man, like I love it when there's a movie and it all, it's only nominated for one Oscar, but you go into it and you see it and you go, oh, I see exactly <laughs> why it got that Oscar nomination, and this one only had the nomination for costume design, and I was like, yeah yeah absolutely like 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 that that was that was a hands down one right there so uh but other than that it's just a really sweet charming film i had such a blast with it so uh while it it pales in comparison to singing in the rain and one flew over the cuckoo's nest it's still pretty good so (laughs) if you get a chance check it out mrs harris goes to paris one flew over the cuckoo's nest or singing in the rain you cannot go wrong with any one of those three fantastic movies uh and that's gonna be what's good from us here at film code all right um we did not i don't believe have we did we not. didn't have we have not had a cobra in the past three weeks okay but <laughs> it's my fault hey okay. with how things are going we may as well just end on a tiebreaker phoenix <laughs> never anyway <laughs> you're funny <laughs> we're recording this weekend yes Whose code word is it? Mine? Yours. Yeah, I think it is yours. Well. Whoa. Listen, 
if, if, not, if neither of us get it this week, like, and you and I just end on a tiebreaker, because this is our this is gonna be our last episode for season three. Because um, award, se- award season is over. Almost. We still have to do our award show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh. We'll see. But uh, we're going to get up out of here. Uh, Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> you guys can find me over at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd. Go check out what I'm watching. And thank you guys again for listening. And Zach, where can everybody find you, sir? You guys can find me on Twitter at Zach Sneath. That is Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks. And that's Z S N E A K S. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at IMHO Reviews One. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P A Cloudon. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCoPod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. I love you, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs>